In today's episode, as we continue on the concepts approach for season three and the modalities idea, we're going to talk about EMS, electric muscle stim, commonly referred to as stem inappropriately because it's not stem. It's not doing anything with stem cells. It's stim as in stimulation and also inappropriately described as TENS. Almost everybody in my office is like, oh, I have a TENS unit. It's like this one at home. In fact, I even hear doctors and sometimes my staff who doesn't want to explain stuff say, I'm just going to hook you up on the TENS machine. TENS is one type of EMS. We'll talk about why that's not appropriate for most of the EMS that you're going to get clinical. We're going to talk about why it is no longer popular and sometimes trainers and different professions come to my office like, oh my God, you guys are still using the STEM machines? Yeah, we still use them. Ask anyone that's ever tried them. They feel fantastic. It's a great way to get good results. They just aren't doing what we thought they were doing 20 years ago. So let's talk about a modern approach and why I still utilize this in my clinic and why I think as you are doing injury, as you are doing maybe performance enhancement, why you're trying to get a better mentality and handle on your body, why I think this is a fantastic tool that should still be utilized. All right, guys, let's talk about EMS, electric muscle stimulation, and why I still think this is a way underutilized tool that should be brought back into mainstream, why I think it still just works fantastic and why I think it can benefit your athletes, while at the same time talking about maybe why it isn't around as much, why it's not considered cool anymore. And and then let's talk about the different versions and when is the appropriate reason and why we would wanna use them. Now let me tell you first and foremost, the reason I think it has got depopularized is there's just new stuff out there. This entire season three that I'm doing on Sports Doc DC covers all these new things that are out there. Everything from shiny tools to cupping to um, acupuncture needles that you can hook up electric stim to, to these little tack balls. I mean, even things like foam roller and stuff has led to just having such a bigger toolbox, right? Now, I never trust someone's representation of what is happening in a different clinic, right? So many times when I see an athlete, they're seeing their high school athletic trainer, they may be going to a PT, they might have their pediatrician involved. And I know that when their athletic trainer asks them, what are you getting done from Chad over at the chiropractic clinic? They are saying he's popping me because that's what, that's what people think chiropractors do. My son is 14 year old and he's really helping me with this. He's like, you know where your, where your trouble is, dad, is you just hate being a chiropractor. And I'm like, you know, you're right. I hate the term chiropractor because it just, people kind of have this idea that, okay, the chiropractors are the ones that pop stuff. And I think this is what's happened to like electric stim, right? The back in the days when anyone would come from their high school athletic trainer, we would ask, okay, your, your high school athletic trainer thinks you've got an ankle sprain. What's she doing for it? Oh, she's putting me on the stem and she's using ice. It's just not helping. Well, let me tell you, when parents and athletes say that to me, I'm like, fantastic approach. 
that electric stim and ice is exactly what you can do when you're at the uh, my ankle swollen up like a football time frame of treatment. So it's not bad, but for no, never think that that's all that's going on. Your athletic trainers made a fantastic assessment in the heat of the battle. They've got you out there and now they're trying to mitigate your injury to speed up healing processes to get you back on the field the fastest way. I, I get all that. So I don't have my feelings hurt when an athletic trainer is like, ah, chiropractors are idiots. All they do is pop stuff because that's the same thing I get if I'm like, wow, all they do is stim and ice. So I think that's part of the reason the uh, the EMS stuff has kind of got out of fashion is we're kind of like, well, that's for athletic trainers and you know they've been doing that for 40 years and it just doesn't work. I think the electric stim is still really, really powerful tool and just something you just can't get somewhere else. The problem is it's not doing what we thought it was doing. So let's talk about the different types of standard electric stimulation that you're gonna get and what we're actually trying to accomplish with that. And I'll probably leave out ultrasound other than just kind of talking to you about like, hey, ultrasound a lot of times is kind of connected with the EMS because sometimes they have these combo units where you can use both. You can use like an interferential and you can use your ultrasound unit. You kind of got two different things going on. I, I think we'll save ultrasound for maybe a different lesson or just get that it's one of these that kind of fits in there that I still kind of like, but it's it's got a little bit different application. Electric stim is just that. It's using electricity pulses to create these results. So that's kind of where I want to go with it today. The first one we're going to talk about is TENS, which is the TENS unit is what like everyone has at home, right? You can buy these little units. They were super popular in the 80s. I'm telling you, man, I mean, you know, I go off on trivia stuff when I'm, when I'm on these podcasts, but TENS units, I swear, are part of the reason why none of us can afford insurance anymore. These TENS units came out. I could buy them in bulk at about $40 a piece, sometimes probably cheaper ones you could even get for less, and yet Blue Cross would let me sell these to a client for $500. I just thought it was the biggest ripoff in the game. Of course, as a doctor, if you own your own clinic, you're still in a business. So if, if an insurance company is gonna allow you to bill $500 for a $40 unit, you're probably gonna do it. And not to go all Johnny ethical on you, but I always had a hard time with it. I just couldn't do it. I would never do that. In fact, I would get phone calls earlier in my career, almost weekly from somebody at Blue Cross or Humana saying, is this a rental fee or is this a purchase fee? Because man, you don't need to charge 80 bucks for these. You can charge 500 and I'm like, right. But then what about my kids? Because insurance isn't gonna lose money, guys. Anyway, that's kind of getting off track. TENS units are what a lot of people have because doctors could give them to them like a prescription. TENS units are still very valid. When I hear practitioners say, no, no, this is an electric stim machine. Those TENS units are junk. This is where the real thing's at. I disagree. I still think TENS units are the best electric modality for pain control, right? The way they are built, if they're used properly, is they basically interrupt and downplay the nervy sensations that are causing pain. So if I'm traveling and I travel a ton, I tend to bring a tension with me because if something happens and I break an arm climbing Machu Picchu, 
I want to be able to have something that can help me with pain. So I like these little TENS units, man. They're great for pain. The problem is they almost always are used the wrong way. For a TENS unit to be used the most accurately, you want to turn it on to where you barely feel it or even don't feel it. And then you can run it for hours at a time with the, with the idea that you're trying to interrupt pain signals. Right, so you've got the basketball player that has an eight-hour plane trip because he had to fly across the country for a basketball game. He can use that for a couple hours at a time while he's on the plane. You got a passive therapy. He's sitting 25 rows up in front of the sports medicine team, yet he's still got a modality on him that can help him recover, feel less pain, and then move forward. Because you guys, when we're on threat, when we're in pain, there's not a lot of healing going on. Not for most injuries. You gotta get out of pain first before you can move it. So I still love those TENS units. We're all humans. We wanna feel it really strong. We all kinda have this bias that more is better. So a lot of times what you're gonna see is people get these TENS units and they crank them up as high as they can take them. You know, they're battery powered. They're not built to go super high. Yes, you can put them on your face. You can make your face do all kinds of goofy stuff. We all did that with our dad's TENS machines in high school. But that's not how they're used, right? They're better used. Put it on the area of pain. I don't care if it's running up and down with the muscle. I don't care if it's crossing fibers. I don't care. Stick one of the sticky pads right where it hurts and then put it on very light and run them for hours. They tend to work really well that way. Now on our machines that we have in the office or in the sports medicine training room, those machines tend to have multiple different functions. Now you might have depending on your money situation, you might have just an interferential machine, you might have just a high volt machine, you might have just a Russian machine, but those are kind of the basic different ones. So we've got interferential, high volt, microcurrent, Russian stim. Those are ones we're gonna talk about. Interferential tends to come in two ways, either quad interferential, where all four leads are kind of working at the same time. So I will use quad interferential, let's say on a shoulder. Someone's having internal shoulder pain deep inside their shoulder, I can kind of surround the entire shoulder, right? So I always tell people it's like it's like when the Death Star on Star Wars blew up and it just went out in every direction like a globe. That's kind of what we're trying to do with interferential quad. We're hooking up in four different directions, trying to run through a tissue, and when those wavelengths <clears throat> from the red anode and the white anode hit each other, they kind of blow up like the Death Star and they're moving. So I'll use interferential like that. Interferential also has a setting called pre-mod on almost every unit where you're just using like the two on the red leads are going one way, the two on the white leads are going another way. So you could use it on like your right calf and your your left calf, your right shin splint, your left shin splint, stuff like that. So you'll see interferential, that's probably the most popular used one that you'd see like in a high school training room. I think interferential works for a couple different reasons, but I don't think it works for what the initial idea was, or probably if you took this as an athletic trainer for modalities or for a DO or chiropractor, I don't think it's actually kind of doing what we thought it was doing for, you know, sending an electric signal in there. (coughs) Somehow that stimulates the nerve cells and, and the skin cells and the tissue cells, and they're now forced to kind of heal up faster. I don't think that's what's going on. I think what's happening is it's the body mapping idea. And you can tell if you've listened to these other episodes this season, I'm huge on the body mapping. Your skin has much more nerve receptors and sensation receptors than the deep tissues do. So you stimulate your skin, your brain gets a better picture, and it can kind of modulate the amount of pain you're feeling. I still love interferential, it gets in there, I get great results with it. So we use it a lot, but it's not my most preferred one. 
One of the other ones that we use a lot, and I would say in the first 10 years of my career, I used it, oh my God, 10 times more than any other stem that I used was high volt. And high volt's one of those that you can turn on there. It feels way more diffuse. So, you know, if you've ever got zapped by a stem machine, if you've had an uh, athletic trainer just crank it up way too high or a chiropractor train it up too high, first of all, that's dumb, right? More is not better. It's not even how these things are built to work. So just like, you know, hey, I'm gonna turn up the stem as high as you can take it and we're gonna go for 10 minutes, that, that's a bad application. If you're still doing that as a practitioner, I mean, you lose, that's not good. That's why people don't wanna have stem machines. So I don't wanna use it. If you ever, like I'll see this every day, I'll have some athlete that's like, no, I don't really like the stem. And I'll ask them why. Well, they've been zapped on them before. You know, that's why I have the brand I have because it hardly ever zaps anyone. But that's just poor practice. To just crank up some poor kid thinking more is better. You, it's so far outdated. It, it's almost borderline on like, why do you have a license? More is not better in any application, certainly not in electrical applications. When your body goes into a threat or fight, or I see your eyes cringe, we're not going to get what our our projected outcomes are. Your body's just going gonna go into the fight it mode. So high volt anyway, historically we tend to use it for inflammation control. I like this on areas like the elbow if it's swollen up. I like it on ankles when the ankles are all, you know, you roll your ankle, it's day one, you're all ballooned up. This is what I love when high school kids come in and say, oh, my athletic trainer's not doing anything. All they did was stem and ice. And yet I look down and their, you know, their, their ankles the size of a football. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty much all you can do at this point. Like, that's a great idea. That's when I prefer the high volt. One of the other ones is microcurrent. Microcurrent was actually originally created for um, like bone health, right? It was like to help restore a bone after it was broken or like a cracked rib. We learned it, like when I went through school, it was like bone knitting, which I kind of like that idea, although I think bone knitting is more a Harry Potter idea. I mean, we all that have the science behind it understand that osteoclasts are kind of eating away the, the rough edges of the bone. Osteoblasts are laying down a better matrix. But I like that idea of bone knitting, and I think, I think an athlete likes it as well. So you'll see microcurrents still used. In the old days, it had two kind of steel-looking Q-tips, so there were these long probes, and you had to stand there and like put it on the person, and and you just do it for like ten minutes. The problem with microcurrent is you don't feel anything. It's running such a low current that you're you don't feel anything. So athletes tend to not like this a lot. I mean, we're all kind of type A people, athletes more than most, and they want to feel something happening. So it's kind of gone out of the wayside. I like it that they still now you can just run it through the pads and it's good and it's a nice passive modality, but I'll hardly ever run microcurrent by itself. The one that we tend to use the most in our office is Russian Stim. Russian Stim, I first saw, I had a buddy of mine who in high school was paralyzed. He graduates his senior year, he uh, lives two doors down from me, played hoops all the time, we were great friends, and he just had a bad fall, breaks his neck. We went to see him in his rehabilitation center like two months later, and he was hooked up to this huge contraption, kind of like, kind of like a spider web, really. And they had these Russian stim machines kind of hooked up all over him with probes, and that would make his muscles contract. And the idea was they were hoping they could stimulate the muscles to the point where if he started to regain some of the neural control, they wouldn't be all atrophied, so it would speed up his recovery and it would give the brain the idea that 
you know, it's giving it sensation to try to reach out there. That's the way Russian stim is most often used as like a pulled hamstring, a pulled quad. They're trying to get the muscle contraction happening. And again, I, I really question if most of the outcome that we get from Russian stim is because you're getting muscle contraction or if it's because of that body mapping idea. I tend to think the body mapping idea and I have since because of that and because I think it gives a better body mapping response, I use Russian stim for almost all of my EMS applications. I love the Russian stim. You tend to want to use it up and down muscles. So if you're thinking lower back, you don't want it crossing the spine. You want it going up and down those paraspinal muscles, giving your brain the sensation that these muscles are being stimulated. This area of the body is being stimulated and then it can, the brain can make a more appropriate application on how, how much it needs to use these muscles, how much it should rely on the disc and the facet, that kind of stuff. That's the idea with that. That's your different versions. That's kind of how they're best utilized. Again, use what you've got. I want to talk about why I love EMS and why I think it should still be included almost in any athlete's protocol. All right, so you got my idea that I like EMS. I still love having these things around. I have very old looking machines because the Richmar brand doesn't make the ones that I want anymore. So I try to find these whenever they're out there. They don't sting athletes. They almost always feel good. They also aren't working for the way that we thought they were working. So I don't try to use them that way. But here's what I'll tell you. Here's some huge benefits to EMS. Number one is athletes tend to love the way they feel. And if an athlete loves it and can relax and is comfortable and they feel like they're doing something to get better, the reality of sports performance and sports rehabilitation is you have to feel it, man. You have to believe into it. Our brain has so much more to do with our recovery, our performance, how fast we get better, how serious we perceive an injury to be than probably what's actually happening to the muscle what's actually happening to the tissue. People that are positive about they are going to come back and play in the NFL tend to recover a lot faster from ACL injuries. So if I'm going to be a sports practitioner, I want to do everything I can to make my athlete feel like they are doing everything to set themselves up for success. If you want to call it the placebo effect, fine, but technically you're not right. The placebo effect means you're giving them nothing and they're still getting a result, right? You're giving them a placebo. In this instance, you are giving them something and that can create a better effect. If there is some placebo effect in the fact that they can feel some vibration on their skin, well, I don't care. Placebo effect is very powerful. It's got nearly a 40% positive outcome anyway. I mean, if you're gonna set up a new drug in the United States, you have to be able to beat the placebo effect. It's that big. So I'm really okay even if you think it's a placebo. The big reason I want it though is not placebo effect, it's because I want my athletes knowing we are doing everything to give them the best shot. The other thing that I like about this, it's, it is a passive modality, right? So not only as a business person can I have somebody being run on a hot pack and electric stem, I can then treat somebody else in the other room or as an athletic trainer, someone else on another table while this is being performed. It allows me to spread myself farther 
and have more people that I can handle at the same time. That's great for business, but it's also great for the number of athletes we can get in there because God knows if you're an athletic trainer, your job is going from seven in the morning till 10 o'clock at night anyway. The more efficient you can get and the more you can handle, the better it is. So I like that. It's passive. I can set it up and I can walk away. I can have assistant set it up and I can walk away. The other thing I like is I can add an additional modality to it. I can have an ice pack on the top of that to help with inflammation if it's superficial or to give the body map of a bigger sensation there. And I can use heat if I'm wanting to imply heat with that stuff. You can do these different modalities at the same time. You could run an electric stim on a shoulder while doing leg compression sleeves on an NFL athlete where they've got two different body parts happening at the same time. So I absolutely love the fact that it allows me to get more done with, with what I have. Athletes tend to love the sensation. I think the brain gets on there both as we're, we're, we're doing something positive, but also because it is such a good skin stimulator. Recently, over the last couple of years, as I've been messing around with like so many of these headaches or post-concussion protocols and stuff, we're working with this idea of almost like a, oh, my wife calls it the control-alt-delete. You're basically giving your body and your brain so much information that it's kind of not sure what to do and it almost acts like a reset. So I will use Russian stim in this huge functional chain crossing pattern. So imagine like one lead on the left shoulder, one lead on the left kind of area where the butt and low back come, one lead on the right shoulder, one on the left butt cheek. So it's creating this big X pattern as it goes off. Russian stim goes five seconds between one connection, five seconds between the other connections. So it's creating this big X pattern. Your brain's paying attention to the skin at those areas. I then throw an ice pack on the back of the neck, a hot pack on the lower back or vice versa, whatever. And now the brain's kind of confused. Well, am I supposed to try to heat up for homeostasis? Am I supposed to kind of cool down for homeostasis? I'm telling you, man, you run this for 10 minutes. It is, it is such a refreshing, stimulating, like upregulating kind of reset button. It's just a it's a fantastic way to use it. So I use it for almost almost everything, man. I think there's a lot of these EMS modalities that you should be using and could be using. Hopefully, guys, today's episode just gives you an idea of why I like it, how you can use it better, how it fits into your therapy protocols, and why you can't just take something outdated like that. It's insane to me how many of my fellow practitioners like, ah, dude, EMS is out. It's old, it's outdated. I use cups now. Dude, cups have been around since before Jesus was born. Like this is ridiculous that you're thinking that the EMS is old because it's been around since the 70s. I think it's still a very important tool and you're gonna see it in nearly every professional sports venue. So before you blow it off, maybe talk to your local guy that works with the NFL and see is that something they're still using in their clinics because they are and if they're not, it's really cool to me, these young athletes that are now just getting to college that are 18, 19, 20, and they've never had it done from their high school athletic trainers because they don't they don't believe in it or it's outdated or whatever. I put that on there like, oh my God, this is unreal. This is this is unreal. This feels so good. Well, dude, why are we not doing stuff that feels good for our athletes? It makes a difference. Hope this helps, guys.